Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 49 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast, and I'm your host, Ugo Chai. Before introducing the guest for this week, I would like to give you all a heads up that there are going to be some changes introduced in this podcast starting next week. I don't want to give away any spoilers, you will just have to tune in next week for episode 50 where everything will be revealed. And now on to this week's guest. Last week we had Mathieu Gasquet talking to us about Wales, and this week we have Christian Merman who will talk to us about uh, an even more beautiful part of the UK, that is Scotland. Many travel photographers use cars or other means of transportation to reach distant locations. When you have the luxury of having a, a trunk where you can put all of your equipment, uh, things can be a little bit easier. But if you have to walk long distances and carry all of your equipment on you, then uh, things can be a bit more complicated. So this is what Christian Merman did. He walked the West Highland Way in Scotland, carrying all his gear with him. And uh, that forced him to make some tough choices. If you listen to my interview with Christian, you will learn that there are some things that you must absolutely consider bringing with you on such an adventure. And I'm not talking about tripods or filters. It's something more down to earth. So let's jump right into my interview with Christian Merman. Enjoy. So it's uh, my pleasure to welcome uh, Christian Merman uh, to the show today, who is uh, joining us from Germany. Hi, Christian. How are you? How you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself to, to our audience? Tell a bit about uh, your story as a photographer. What brought you to photography? What do you like to shoot and so on? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm uh, a photographer living in, in Western Germany, close to the Dutch border, for those who know the geography a bit in the Ruhr area um, in, in Germany. Um I've been taking pictures for, well, almost a decade now. Um, I more or less slipped into photography accidentally, I should say, because I wasn't quite happy with my point-and-shoot camera, which I used for shooting, shooting maybe mainly uh, family uh, events and a little bit on holidays. But, well, the, the, the image quality wasn't really good, so I bought my, my first DSLR and... Uh, well, um, and trying to understand how it worked, um, I really, um, yeah, I really um, discovered photography as, as a hobby um, and got more serious about it. Um, I mainly shoot, um, well, I don't really have a specific genre. I think uh, one of my uh, more more important genres is, um, is my animal portraiture. I go to zoos very often and shoot portraits of, of animals. Um, most of which I, um, well, put on uh, black backgrounds and post-processing um, most of the time. And, um, and I mainly shoot black and white. And other genres I, um, I, 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 I like are, um, well, landscape photography and uh, architecture photography. And I also like macros, macro photography as well. Well, that's what I do. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Good, yeah, thanks. Uh 
people here might be wondering why this is a this podcast is all about travel photography. Um, what's uh, animals and macros got to do with travel photography? But well, we'll find out soon. Uh, the reason I I decided to invite you is because I was uh, I'm a follower of your of your blog, which is very well written and great photos. But you started a, a series, writing a series about your walk along the West Highland Way. So that is in itself a form of travel. And uh, I find it incredibly interesting that, uh, I mean, I've interviewed people who have been to uh, Namibia or Nepal or Bhutan, uh, Patagonia and so on. But most of the most of the times that involved traveling with uh, cars and trucks and buses and uh, airplanes and boats and so on. Um, Your story is a little bit different. You did this travel essentially on foot. So I found it really uh, different and, uh, and interesting. So I, I invited you to be a guest here because I would like to you to tell us about the West Highland Way and especially what is the West Highland Way and why you decided to travel it. Can you give us some details about it? Yeah, sure, absolutely. The West Highland Way is a long distance, uh, well, um, long distance way in, in Scotland. I think it's uh, the most uh, famous uh, uh, way they have in Scotland. I think it was all the first, really. They they opened up. Um, it's um, from it's about one hundred and fifty four kilometers long, and uh, well, and because it's such a tourist attraction, really. There are lots and lots of accommodations along the way, which is why I uh, actually uh, was able to do it, because I'm, I'm, I like to, to walk, um, but I don't really like to camp, you know, so I'm not into, into camping with that very much. And so where, where did the idea come from? Um, well, actually, I don't really know. <laughs> I think it, it was because I, start, I did a similar thing two years ago when I walked the Hadrian's Wall Path in the north of England. And uh, I met some other walkers there who really uh, were raving about the West Highland Way and how beautiful it was. And I think that's where the idea came from. And um, why why do I do um, long-distance walks in, in the first place? I think there is a bunch of several of, of different reasons. First of all, it's it's the photography which uh, which which draws me out because you can also only shoot beautiful photographs if you if you leave your home <coughs> and and go to your subjects, especially if you do landscapes. Um, but also, I think it's from time to time it's really important to, to um, well, to to get out of things for a okay. while, and to change perspective. Um, for example, when I started out uh, on my first long distance walk, I, I found it I found it a really um, impressive uh, realization when uh, when I when I did the first steps that um, you know the world becomes much larger. Yeah, I don't know if I can relate to that. If if you know that you have to walk such a large distance uh, only on foot, you know, uh, you uh, uh, you feel much smaller in a in a much uh, in a much larger world. And and I like this sensation really much. And yeah. um, it puts things into perspective. And then of course there are lots of other things. Um, uh, you know, get getting to know people. Um, um, and uh, well, really, uh, another important factor is, I guess, is slowing down. You know, because on foot you are much slower, and you take your time for everything, much more deliberately than you would in, or than you usually do nowadays in, in your everyday lives. And, and all these things come together. Uh, 
and that's why I uh, did uh, well it's actually it's the second long distance walk I did and um, uh, I, I intend to do uh, some more mm. maybe not every year but you know every now and then it's just a very very special experience it's, and you get yeah yeah sure go ahead yeah it's it's, it's really it's really a special experience you, you know that you learn a lot of things about the world and of course uh, about yourself as well yeah that's what I was, I was about to say you're uh, alone with yourself for long hours probably I mean there, there might be a, you recount meeting other people but it looks like for most of the time you were alone uh, with your thoughts and with the, land, with the landscape and so on you you have a lot of time to, to reflect about about life in general I think that's my my idea yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, uh, how's, how long is that you said 250 kilometers no no one, 150 how, how many days does it take to well it depends on your level of fitness really some some people do it in five or six days well to me that sounds like racing more than walking um but you can also do it in 10 days when i did it in, in eight days just because i wanted to to take my time for my photos because uh, sometimes you know you have to to stop and you know set up a tripod and think about how you take the picture you know that and um and you cannot do that if you know that you have your your distance to walk for that day. You know? Because the way I did it, I, I pre-booked accommodations um, along certain um, um, uh, or in certain um, villages and hotels. And I had really had to walk a certain distance every day, which means I couldn't really pause for well too uh, too 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 or for too long every day because then I would be uh, wouldn't reach my destination anymore on that day. Yeah, you, you couldn't just uh, wait two hours for sunset just because you found out a place that looked really good because you had to to make some yeah. way. Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But uh, another thing I wanted to, to point out is that, I mean, they're, they're called the highlands for a reason. They're not flat. So it's not only yeah, 150 kilometers, but it's also quite a, an elevation that you have to climb. I think you say it's about uh, 4,600 4,600 meters, which is not not a not 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 a walk in the park. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it really it really is not. Well, the 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 highlands really aren't aren't that high. You have the 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 the, the tallest mountain is about oh I'm so bad with numbers, but around about 1,200 meters. But if you add it all up, you get to the you get to the 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 4,600 you you just mentioned. And so it's up and down all the time. And so being uh, a few kilometers walking every day with a certain uh, height to climb every day, I mean, uh, equipment is essential, right? And you yes. have a whole episode of the blog dedicated to your choice of equipment. So can you tell yeah. us more about what uh, what are, were your choices in terms of equipment and what were the most important factors that determined what you decided to bring or not to bring? Was it weight, durability, protection, or what? Well, it's uh, well, <laughs> well, uh, Scotland. Um, well, you have to look, take a look at, at the at the at the destination, uh, the country where you want to want to walk. Obviously, for Scotland, that meant uh, everything had to be waterproof. Yeah, because of, of of the rain that you are very very likely to get in in larger amounts uh, in Scotland. Um, so you don't you, you you cannot really be afraid of the rain, and you have to protect you. So yourself and your gear, um, so it doesn't get too wet. So that was 
um, a major factor for me. Um, as far as uh, the other considerations, well, again, for me, it was a, um, um, a walk from from one hotel to the to the other, and I had a, a suitcase that, of course, I didn't carry with me, but it was. Uh, it was taken to my next destination by um, uh, by a shuttle service, so all I had to carry really was my day pack. Mm -hmm. So that made things a lot easier, and that's why I didn't really have to uh, think so very hard. Uh, maybe I should have. Uh, I thought in hindsight, but uh, when I prepared for 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 my walk, I, th I thought I didn't have to con uh, think so very hard about uh, the weight of the pack. So I I, to, um, I, I really. Um, uh, knew that I had to uh, my my rain jacket, um, which had to be really waterproof, and my um, and my uh, uh, lunch um, lunch pack for the day, and my my, my water bottles because you really, really need to drink on such walks. But apart from that, it was it was only photography gear, and it, it I had my camera and uh, well, really a, a couple of lenses. Um, maybe there were a couple of uh, lenses too many, but well, I thought. You know, for me, this is a or this was a once in a lifetime trip, uh, so I thought uh, I might do it again one day. Uh, I think now, but when I prepared for it, I thought it would be the only time I do it. Um, so I, I really don't want, didn't want to, to miss uh, to miss anything. So I brought my wide angle lens and my zoom lens and my uh, all round lens, which is uh, 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 yeah, which I used for for ninety percent of the time, and some filters for long exposures and all, all these things, and my tripod. Um, yeah, and um, all that had to fit into my backpack. I bought a new backpack for, for it, which was, uh, I think, a 50-liter backpack, uh, so that I could carry it all. And, um, yeah, that's, and so that's when about... I, when, when, I walk in, when I walk with a, with a backpack, I, don't, I never did such a long hikes, but uh, sometimes I will do a walk in the city or... A, uh, somewhere uh, outside of a city, but maybe walking for a few hours with a backpack. Um, I have a, a sling a strap for my camera, and when mm -hmm. I'm carrying the backpack, uh, well, I kind of found an arrangement that allows me to to carry it dangling to my side and not get the, the straps the, mm -hmm. of the backpack to get in the way. But it's uh, it's probably not the most comfortable thing, and I for sure I wouldn't want to keep it in the backpack and having to. Put the backpack down and take the camera out every time. So, how, how did you solve that uh, that yeah. problem? Well, there's a, a nice little solution uh, by a company called Peak Design in from America. They have what they call uh, the capture clip, and, and what it does, it really um, is a, a nice little gadget that you attach to the um, to the strap of your backpack. And um, then another part of it goes um, to the bottom of, bottom of your camera, and so you can really clip your camera on the strap of your of your backpack, so that you have have it always available, without it hanging uh, on some some sling or or strap on your side, which uh, really wouldn't have worked on the West Highland Way because you you really shouldn't walk that that hike or that that way without uh, walking walking poles, so. Uh, uh, that that wouldn't have worked. So that was a nice little solution, and it, it really worked perfectly, really. So be, because um, uh, I had both working poles, and and yet when I found something that I wanted to sh uh, take a shot of, I just could had could grab my camera with one move and and have it at hand and put it away just as easily. Yeah. So it didn't let the camera dangling from your neck or from your side to to make it uncomfortable. It's uh, 
Yeah. It's a yeah, good solution for, for that. We will put a link in the, in the show notes for people who want to know more about this product. Speaking about uh, equipment uh, uh, again, is there uh, anything that you brought with you that in retrospect you might uh, have left home because you never used it? Yeah, well, in terms of, um, for, well, there are two kinds of gear, really. One is the, the stuff that you really bring just in case, for example, medication, in, in, in case you hurt yourself or you get sick. Um, and the other thing is, uh, in my case, the, the photography gear. And um, as far as that is concerned, I think I would uh, use or would, would carry much, uh, at least two lenses uh, less than I than I um than I did actually, because I, I, I really used these uh, lenses once or twice, or maybe three times uh, in, in, the, in, in all of my, on, on the whole way. But, I, um, but that doesn't really make sense to carry it all the, all the time when you, when you have a long, long distance walk and you really only need it so, uh, so uh, mm. you really hardly, hardly need it at all, you know, because it's, it makes things much more difficult, like, you know, climbing and, and, and what is really often underestimated is not going up a mountain, which is strenuous, but relatively easy, but going down a mountain, which can be really, really dangerous when the ground is slippery or there are some loose rocks that you might, uh, 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 that you might trip over or stuff, stuff like that. And it's much easier to keep your, your balance and, you know, to do these things with a heavier backpack. So um, that would be my recommendation. Make it as light as possible. Uh, what, what lens did you bring? lenses i'm used for 90 or 95 percent of my shots i used my 18 to 135 millimeter lens which is sort of my all-around zoom lens um then i also brought um my 70 to 300 millimeter lens which is uh well quite a long uh, uh zoom lens but it's relatively compact so it's it's still okay and uh, that's something i really would would, would carry again because uh it allows you to to get some 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 mountain tops, some some mountain peaks really close that otherwise you couldn't really uh, get into the frame uh, properly. Especially if you are bound to 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 a, to a set route that you have to follow, like the West Highland Way. Yeah. And then I brought a wide angle lens from ten to twenty millimeters, and I think I would leave that leave that one at home because again, uh, eighty millimeters is pretty wide. Um, um, already and uh, i didn't really find it uh, i needed to go much wider very often except for one or two times um um and then uh yeah then i brought my um uh the last lens i carried was my uh 35 millimeter prime lens mm -hmm. um and i brought it because uh, first of all it's very 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 light um, you hardly really <laughs> uh, uh, realize you have it in with you at all and then of course i um i thought i could uh, do some some maybe uh, walk the, the the villages or streets in in the towns where i where i uh where i slept at night and took some some street for shots but um that didn't really work out because um either i was too tired <laughs> or um well there were no villages because the hotel in one in one or two occasions there was only the, the hotel in, in that place and nothing else it was uh, uh, there were hotels in the middle of nowhere, <clears throat> and who are really specialized on accommodating walkers along yeah. the way. Uh, so I, I really need that one. So I would leave that uh, at home at home uh, the next time. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, your idea that if you have to choose between a, 
a long telephoto or zoom and a wide angle, you should def definitely bring the long telephoto. I was in a similar situation a few days ago. I was on a sailing trip. I was Ooh. on a sailboat and I, I wanted to bring only one lens. And the reason was not weight, it was more like space. I didn't want to mm -hmm. fill my bag with photo equipment. So my widest uh, focal length was 16 millimeters uh, on a crop body, which equates to 24 on full frame equivalent. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that you can always or almost always do a panorama if you find you are too, too narrow. Right, yes. you can always go a wider angle by shooting a panorama. And that, that that's what I did in a in a couple of situations. I was in front of some scenery that required um, wider angle, and I just uh, took a few shots and then stitched them in post, and it came out perfectly yeah. as if I had used a ten millimeter lens or so. So you can, in most situations, this is um, at least my advice for for listeners. If you are finding you you don't know whether to leave the wide angle at home or to leave the telephoto at home, uh, leave the wide angle because you cannot uh, go longer, but you can always go wider or always, absolutely. almost always. Yeah, absolutely. My, my, my thinking originally was that if, yeah, if I used a, a, a really wide angle lens, like 10 millimeter or something like that, um, I would get stronger distortion in the clouds, which sometimes is quite effectful or effective. But uh, it really, uh, looking at the images I took, it really didn't turn out such mm -hmm. such a uh, such dramatic a, a difference, really. So again, uh, it wasn't really worth carrying that. It was quite heavy, actually, carrying that one all the way. So yeah. I, I second what you said. And a related question would be of the, is there anything that you did not bring that you wish you had with you? at some point yeah yeah uh, a sewing kit oh. you know because on, uh, on, one, on one day the this uh, the seams of my walking pants they opened up uh -huh. i had nothing to repair them <laughs> so uh, yeah what uh, what i did oh, well i should have uh, i had i had some 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 uh, some uh, sticky tape that i that i got from one of my bnb landlords and what I really um, put it over the the, the seam, and uh, it only lasted for one day. Then I had to renew it, but it was the only way for me to to repair the the pants. So otherwise, I would have I should have I sh um, would have walked the, the the rest of the way in my my underpants, which wouldn't really have been too funny. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was something, or that is something that I think I will carry the next time because it, it it's it's light. You didn't really uh, realize you have it, but you, you don't really realize you have it. But uh, it's if you need it, then it's it's crucial. <laughs> yeah, in that same regard, there is a uh, one thing that you mentioned in your blog that is uh, absolutely essential, and it doesn't waste a lot of weight or space, and that is uh, extra laces. Because if you break yeah. a lace, then you cannot walk anymore. That's <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So I brought some extra laces as well. Yeah, absolutely necessary. Yeah, and of course some medicine, medicine stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, coming to more photography, more than uh, equipment, uh, which has nothing to do with photography. Um, I, I'm intrigued by what you said before about uh, uh, walking gives you more time to photograph or more uh, opportunities but it also forces you to respect a certain timetable so do you mm -hmm. think that uh, hiking on foot gives you more opportunities to photograph or does it limit you because of lack of time how, how does it work in practice well it's both 
Mm-hmm. It really depends on what you what you're after. Um, and on one of my blog posts, I wrote that you that you shouldn't really have um, too many pre-visualized um, images in mind when you when you when you walk such a way. Because when you start to pre-visualize, you also start to 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 think about the light. You know, maybe you want a sunset or a, a sunrise, or you want some wonderful clouds, and then you go there, and you are there. You are in in um, well, let's say next to a wonderful waterfall or whatever it is that you that you fancy, and and well, then the clouds aren't right, and the sun isn't shining, or the sun is shining, and you would prefer uh, clouds. Oh, you know, and then you cannot wait. You just have to this one chance, maybe ten minutes, to get your shot, and then you have to move on. So in this respect, it is really, really limiting to do this. Um, when when I when I talk to other uh, photography friends, um, and they, they they said they told me, oh come on, you will get so many great landscapes, uh, landscape shots, and I told them no, I, I'm, maybe I will, but I might not. And so I, I had to explain to them that what I do there is not really landscape photography. Even if the shots show landscapes, it's not really landscape photography. It's travel photography. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more like travel photography. That being said, because if you because you slow down so much, you really have more time to see the unexpected and uh, things that you would pass by uh, if you uh, that you wouldn't really get to see in the first place if you go there, got somewhere by by car um, or by bike or whatever it is uh, that you like or whether you prefer, you really have more time to, to see things, um, to um, to think about uh, composition. For example, if I walk along the way and I see uh, an interesting rock formation on the slope of a mountain, um, if, you, if you walk, you really start thinking, do I take... Do I take the shot from here, or do I walk 20 meters uh, uh, down the way and take the shot from there? Um, and then you realize there are some nice flowers next to the, to the rocks that you wouldn't, that you didn't really um, um, re- um, see when when you first saw saw it. And um, and so you you really have much time to look more deliberately. And in that respect, you have you get uh, you have more time and more photo opportunities if you walk. Yeah, so it's both, and depending on what you, on what you are after photographically. Yeah, definitely, uh, it goes both ways. I would say. Anyway, yeah. the the West Highland Way goes from Fort William, if I'm not mistaken, to Glasgow. Yes, to, exactly. And uh, what what are the the highlights of that way? What what are, what are the best uh, sections? In your <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you've got you've got at least one highlight per day, I think, mm-hmm. with one exception, um, and I will mention uh, that in a minute. I think what really impressed me the most was two things, and that was um, Glencoe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, such an epic, epic place. I will not even begin to describe it here because I just can't. It's such an epic place. And uh, the other, the other thing is, and forgive my pronunciation, is something uh, is that area called Rannoch Moor, um, which is so uh, remote and so I don't know other word to say it. So desolate, so so lonely, so um, yeah. But it's beautiful at the same time, yeah. even when it's cloudy, and maybe just because it's cloudy and drizzly and, and, and rainy. It's, it's such, a, such an immensely beautiful and, um, and peaceful place. So these are the, the two places that uh, impressed me 
the most. But uh, that being said, it's um, it's a beautiful beautiful day uh, path um, all all the way really. The only the only area that I didn't enjoy uh, walking uh, too much is uh, the area around the the Loch Lomond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you have uh, for those who don't know and want to look it up, you have, uh, you have to walk on the east shore of Loch Lomond uh, for about fifty kilometers, which is. Um, you're basically walking through a forest. Uh-huh. And that's nice for a certain amount of time, but it gets boring yeah, <laughs> if it's yeah. such a stretch. Because all you see is trees, and uh-huh. then you see a little bit of the lake shining through the trees. And um, and that's nice, again, for, for a certain amount of time, but not for one and a half days. So that wasn't so so interesting. And uh, what, 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 what makes it even more difficult uh, is the fact that you uh, that, that that's, it's also the most strenuous part of, of the whole walk. In that um, it's really, really the, the, the path, the terrain is really, really difficult. It gets up and down all the times. It's all rot, rocks and, and, and slippery, muddy areas, and uh, roots going through and under the uh, and over the way. Um, you really, it's more climbing than walking. And what you cannot really do there is um, get into a rhythm of walking. Uh, so it's very important if you if you have a long distance walk that you establish a, rib, a rhythm of walking. Um, to get to really get some distance done, and there, you just cannot do it there. You have, really have to uh, watch every um, every step um, or one step at a time, and really think about where do I put my foot next, and uh, just so that I don't fall, or which uh, so that I get up that next climb or down that that next uh, that next uh, uh, hill or little little descent, and um, yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 that wasn't so so pleasant. That's that's the only exception. But apart from that, it's a fantastic um, area to walk, and it's beautiful all along the way. With Rannoch Moor and Glencoe being the the most impressive, at least in my book. You mentioned that you also did the, a walk along the Hadrian's Wall, which is uh, north of England, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yes. because you have a fascination with the British Isles, or is your next walk going to be somewhere more southern? <laughs> well, um, uh, the the Hadrian's Wall thing. Uh, well, that's because uh, well, in my day job, I'm a, I'm a teacher in a school here in Germany, and I teach history. And Roman, Roman history was always particularly interesting to me. Um, so uh, that's I just wanted to see that that whole thing uh, with my own eyes, really, because uh, it's quite impressive to see what what the Romans have achieved. Um, that um, more or less 2,000 years ago, an Iron Age culture uh, doing such a major, major construction. That's that's really really impressive. So that was one 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 inspiration for me. But uh, that being said, I really like walking um, on the British Isles uh, very much. More even even more than in my home country, we have lots of uh, beautiful walking areas. Um, uh, here in Germany as well, but you know, for some reason, I find the grasses. A little bit greener yeah. across the channel, if you get my meaning. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Glencoe myself a little bit in the highlands, highlands just for one day, and I can second what you said. It's really a out of this world landscape. There's yeah. probably nothing like that in the in the whole world. It's really beautiful. So I I understand the the attraction that those places have. Anyway, um, coming to something completely different. And, uh, of course, people who want to know more about your uh, walks uh, can find uh, uh, your travelogue 
on your site, which is uh, www.chm-photography.com. We'll put a link in the in the show notes as well. But coming, as I said, coming to something completely different, uh, you are a master at the Arcanum. So can you tell us yes. a bit about what the Arcanum is and what you do there? Well, the well, the Arcanum is, uh, to me, I've always seen it as um, an online community which is all about learning and teaching photography. It's uh, a place where people can really... Um, um, not watch an, a bunch of online tutorials that you, that you can do these things on YouTube, but really get hold of someone who knows his stuff about photography and more or less get him as a teacher or the way they put it as a mentor. It's um, and, and, and have him or her guide you uh, across or through your path of learning photography and sharing uh, techniques, insights, um, inspiration and um, yeah, as well as some um, general uh, orientation and uh, and guidance through to well to through to to the next level of, of photography really. So it's uh, but I've always seen it as a as a community. It's a really great um, community in that what you get there is meaningful conversation about uh, photography. You know, if you if you um, start uh, um, uh, exploring. Photography and the online world of photography, you really quickly find your photo sharing sites, and it's all very, very superficial there. At least I see it this way, uh, in that that you post an image and ask for feedback, and all you get is a like or a thumbs up and um, the obligatory, uh, well, great shot comment. But you cannot really learn anything from that. Yeah. And that's so different in, in the Arcanum. Um, you, you really uh, have uh, your, your, your master giving you feedback, guiding you, giving you tips, teaching you techniques. And then you have also your, your other um, classmates, you should say. That's, the, that's may, maybe the, uh, the, the modern world term for it. Um, but they call well. They, they call them. They call themselves apprentices because they are all learning. Um, well, you have got your fellow apprentices um, giving you feedback as well and asking you questions. Uh, so you have that that um, that uh, teacher and and learner relationship with your with your uh, as they call it master there. But you also have a sort of a classroom or a, a group of of learners that you collaborate with. And uh, well, that and what what really happens there, and that's maybe. Uh, apart from everything else that the Arcanum is, to me, one of the most important things, it's not just, um, it's it, it's very personal there. You get, you really, you build up friendships there. And that's why I, uh, what I like most about the Arcanum, I think. So where can people find more about the Arcanum? Well, that's, uh, first of all, you can, they can go to www.thearcanum.com. And uh, I also have an, a, a page about the Arcanum and what I do there, my own cohort or class, um, on uh, my website. And you've mentioned that that link before, which is www.chm-photography.com. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, we'll put links again uh, to, to everything uh, that we mentioned here, including your some of your equipment and so on. And yeah, um, we're about at the top of the half hour we have uh, planned to spend with uh, this interview. So I would like to thank you for uh, for your time and for uh, enticing us with uh, the desire to to walk in the in the Scottish Islands. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's a place I would love to to go back to one day. So thanks yeah. again. Is there anything else you would like to add before we say goodbye? 
Well, only just uh, I'd like to say thank you for having me in the first place. It was my pleasure to be here, really. Pleasure was mine, so thank you very much and have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.